Welcome to Talent Tribe. On this podcast, we celebrate the inspiring stories of women in the tribe while sharing the latest in recruitment, talent, and culture. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Talent Tribe. I am here today with Nikki Adamson, founder of Hustle Hunters, a boutique agency that specializes in placing moms and parents in roles that they love. Nikki is an expert at working with this population. I'm so excited that she's here to chat with us about how to recruit working moms and make sure that we have a talent brand that speaks to working moms and parents generally. Nikki, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Uh, We're so excited to have you. Let's dive right in. So I love to start episodes of Talent Tribe at the beginning. Can you just give the tribe the backstory on who you are, where you're from? Yeah, of course. Well, I grew up in New England, so I'm still connected there as a sports fan, but I'm currently living in Berkeley, California. (laughs) Started in the tech world, but my story here really starts when I became a mom and was pregnant, recognizing that it was going to be challenging for me to go back into the role that I was in, in a tech sales role that was heavy travel. Mm. After having a newborn, I wasn't going to want to leave her. Right. Um, That's kind of what brought me to as like the first domino mm-hmm. that of leading me to founding Hustle Hunters. Um, I consulted for a little while after leaving my company. They were really great. And then I tried to go back onto the market, had a sales background, had kind of my pitch ready of I wanted to work three days a week. That's what part-time meant to me. And then I applied everywhere I could. It's hard to find part-time positions, found all these full-time positions, kept applying, interviews go well, second interviews go well. And I get to the point where I say like, ideally, this is a part-time role for me. And the Mm. answer was, no, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're an entrepreneur, Tammy, you know that when you hear the same thing over and over again, that kind of plants a bead of opportunity in the brain. Um, So that was kind of what started that. I ended up finding an amazing job at Milk Stork, worked three days a week. They practice what they preach and they're all about supporting moms and doing breast milk shipping Mm -hmm. for moms when they travel for work. And that's where I started to learn about the HR recruiting talent acquisition space, realizing all the amazing things companies are doing to help moms feel comfortable, attract them, retain them, support them, et cetera. And learn that some of it is even like flashy, shiny objects Mm -hmm. and other you know, as a mom, I really want real tangible benefits. So like milk stork, I want to actually get my milk. Right. <laughs> I realized the other pillar for me was flexibility. Uh-huh. So that was what led me to realize like, oh, there's actually an opportunity here to have this conversation change a little. Uh-huh. And I think I have the skill set to make that happen. And milk stork was really my incubator mm-hmm. to help me get there. Oh, I love it. So tell us a little bit about Hustle Hunters. Yeah. So I really thought through like, what do parents uniquely bring to the table and why are they such important hires? I realized like we just have this hustle, you know, you're constantly balancing, you know, running your household, running your family and doing your work. And most parents I speak to once having a kid realize your work needs to be meaningful. Mm -hmm. The opportunity cost of that work is important. You want to be proud when you tell your kid, Hey, I'm going to work and I'm going to work on X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So I recognized that I was working with these amazing folks, but the number one thing for them was some sort of flexibility or supportive culture. So as just a straight up contingency recruiting firm felt like I could make the match there, knowing that Every conversation I have starts with flexibility. Employers, we talk about your team, what's available, what are different levers, can we work from home? What are different options that are available for you? 
and recognizing that they can leverage that flexibility, which tends to be pretty free. You might not compete as an earlier stage tech firm. I work mostly with startups here in the Bay Area with the Googles and the Facebooks, et cetera, on benefits, on salary, but everyone can compete on support, community, culture, and flexibility. Mm. Um, so helping pair them with those parents that are really looking for that and also wanting to do like big, impactful work. I'm so curious because I know moms and have friends that have worked with you, that love working with you, and I think it kind of goes to show that there are a lot of women and parents generally, I'm sure, that would love to access a more part-time or flexible work environment. So can you tell us how big of a group is this in your mind? I feel like a lot of moms and parents don't want to go into an interview and say, ideally, this is part-time. Ideally, this is work from home because they're so worried about just not getting the job. Yeah, that's brilliant because that's the new normal is that families have two working parents, Mm -hmm. which necessitates this. Most schools go from 8.30 to 3, Mm -hmm. which isn't sustainable with two working parents that don't have additional childcare support. So think of 42% of all couples that have kids being in that dual caregiver or dual career family spot. And then I find that it's a mix. Lots of moms specifically looking for part-time work within that world. Although I think that if more flexible work was available across the board, that you would see um, more people recognizing, like, I just want flexible full-time work. So that Mm -hmm. I kind of started the business thinking it was going to be like my experience, more Mm -hmm. folks wanting 60% role. And I'm finding that most of my clients want to do big work full-time, but they need to be home for bedtime. They need to do a daycare pickup, that it's more like just a flexible full-time work. Mm. And the market is very big there. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense because that's what I want as a mom. Mm -hmm. I want a big job. I want to add value. I want to have impact. And none of that changed just because I had Lily, but I wanted to also be there for Lily. So the trade-off of how Mm -hmm. to achieve that is what changes. Let's dive into the topic a little bit more. So where is the biggest opportunity that you've seen to showcase a talent brand that is appealing to working moms? Yeah, really it's with leading with flexibility in messaging, in when you're setting up interviews, letting them know these are your accommodations and flexible, just like really diving in and leading hard on that. Because I find that so many, if we look at professional parents, I'm going to talk about the Bay Area market where I know it more. Most folks are having kids in their 30s or thinking about having kids in their 30s. And if you want someone with 10, 15 years of experience, they're probably in their 30s. So typically, if you're looking for someone with that level of experience and you're not leading with the tangible flexibility they're going to need, they're not even going to be into your funnel. Mm -hmm. So it needs to be from that very first touch point that you would think a potential applicant would see, which is probably the job description. And that's a perfect segue to talk about the job description because that's essentially, as we all know, the classic advertisement for the job. So what language do recruiters listening to this need to make sure is in the job description so that it's really catching the attention of moms that are looking for a job that will provide flexibility? Yeah, there's lots of ways there. And of course, you want it to be accurate to what the company is able to offer. But think about location. You need to have access to as a location, how often, mm-hmm. but to the bare minimum that you need someone to be in that in that location. Do you offer flexible hours? Do you say, we understand that potential applicants might have specific hour requirements and we're happy to work that around it. Like kind of lead with the things that you've already done and say, we're open to these other things I think is really valuable. Another big one that's super tangible is think about answering the question about what happens if your kid is sick. Mm. 
if that can be explicitly called out in a first interview or even on a job description, that sets a lot of these parents really at ease of what's that process? What would they go through? What are the hoops to jump through and how accommodating is the organization going to be? of that situation, because any of us with children know that that happens way more than we'd like to, than we hope or would like to admit. Can I just say, I actually don't think, Nikki, I've ever seen that question answered in a job description. How many companies are actually doing that? Because I love that tip. It's not something I see often, but it's something I encourage all of my clients towards. I mean, it's that's huge. That to me is pure gold because I know as a mom and I know as other moms are listening to this, that is the million dollar question. What about the interview process? Would you recommend any special training for hiring managers or interviewers to, of course, showcase what truly exists and what the the current culture and environment is like at that company? But is any special training recommended to just to make sure each company is doing the best that they could possibly do to attract and, of course, cater to working moms? Yeah, absolutely. It's a game of blind spots, right? I Definitely did not know before having a child all that went into having a child, especially when I think of pumping. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, you know, where Milk Stork is a big solve. That's where Willow or LV is the pumps are a big solve. Hadn't recognized that, you know, scheduling a four-hour interview for someone that's pumping doesn't work. Their body is, like, literally going to revolt Um, in that situation. Boobs might explode. (laughs) So just asking. If you don't know, asking and looking. There's a lot of different companies out there that do some of that training. Mm-hmm. I think Ten Lab does some of that work just to help managers kind of get on board. I've done some of that consulting I'm available to do that just to help everyone see where their blind spots are. I found it's not about a lack of interest or desire to accommodate. It's normally just a blind spot. And honestly, just asking the question of, do you have dietary restrictions? We've gotten into the habit of doing that. Do you need pumping accommodations? Mm-hmm. Are there times or like hard stop schedules around childcare? that you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. I've also seen some companies getting a lot of excitement in the mom and parent community offer folks that are offering childcare stipends during interviews. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, we've seen companies fly people out to really, if it's the right person, it's worth it. This is like a founding member of your team. And if this is how you get to show how accommodating you're going to be as a company, it's a huge opportunity. And, you know, I would, of course, not want it to just be show in the interview and then have it fall off. But for your team meetings, having babysitter stipends, things like that make a big difference. Mm -hmm. For the recruiters that are listening to this, I think there's a really great way that we can action this. We're on the phone often doing the first round phone screen, you know, telling candidates and working moms that there's flexibility, that we think about accommodating your schedule and when you have to be around for your kids doing that. But then sometimes there's some fall off in the process and to the point that you made, not for a lack of caring, but because there's just blind spots and folks aren't realizing it. So I mean, just putting in that scheduling email to the candidate when you're trying to schedule that second round interview, putting a section in there that says what any accommodations we can provide, just like any pumping accommodations we can make, things like that would just go such a long way. Let's dig in a little bit more to employee and health benefits. I think, of course, there's some obvious ones to make sure that you highlight in the interview process, such as your maternity leave, things like that. But what do you advise clients to do there in terms of highlighting health benefits, how to do that? My favorite company in the space that has done a great job on their job descriptions is Legacy. Mm. And I really like their approach. Obviously, this is in the smaller company phase of saying, you know, we probably don't know what you Mm. need, but here's some ideas 
tell us what you mm-hmm. need. And I think that's really important, just this recognition that at every stage, we all need different things. Look, right now, during this COVID experience, we're finding that childcare is obviously yeah. a big need. You know, that's been known for a long time and is now just put into the forefront, but that's a number one thing. And there's lots of, there's pretty low hanging fruit of just helping, creating a relationship with a daycare and helping your employees jump a wait list mm-hmm. would be one just like peace of mind that they know at least that's something that could be there. Obviously providing an in-home daycare is, you know, the mm-hmm. dream, <laughs> but of course that's really challenging and pretty infeasible for most mm-hmm. companies. Tangible benefits tends to be where I lean, but there's also a lot of consulting and coaching and lots of those different support systems specifically for parents just to help them be at their best, help managers communicate there that are really valuable. There's too many to list out, but I want to talk specifically about pumping. Mm -hmm. So I found that I'm most excited about companies that are offering pumps Mm -hmm. that are actually giving pumps to their new employees when they come back from work so that they're not, and it's an LV or a willow. So someone's not exactly like tethered or it's a hospital grade pump so that it is, you know, working on overdrive and mom's not needing to lug her parts back and forth to the office. Mm -hmm. So those things like that, it's a bit of an investment, but total game changer. When you think of productivity, when you think of happiness, not feeling like a cow mm-hmm. during their work days. So it really like goes beyond that interview. But a lot of it is just asking, right? Knowing that, yeah, it's our job to show what's there. But even with asking about pumping accommodations for an interview sets the stage of it's okay to talk about your kids. Yeah which I think is the number one fear a lot of people go into interviews with is like, is it okay to talk about Mm -hmm, my kids? mm -hmm. And I think it's our job as recruiters and we already arguably, I think, do a great job of this because our job is to make candidates feel comfortable, help them give their best self in interviews. But we even sometimes need a reminder that to be extra proactive when it comes to bringing up these more sensitive topics and the fact that I'm even saying it's a sensitive topic speaks to that right there, right? It's okay to talk about your kids. It's okay to ask about accommodations and support and benefits because we all need to make it a really open, safe place to have these conversations. It's part of life and it's a way to make your employees just feel like they can bring their whole self to work. So I'm curious to get your take, Nikki, on any physical changes that we should be on the lookout for in an office space. Now, I feel really funny asking this question in the middle of COVID when the physical office space doesn't even exist and we're all like at home and all of that's happening. But someday, in some way, shape, or form, people will be returning to the office. So beyond having a pumping station, a safe place to do that, a comfortable place to pump for working moms, any other accommodations you'd suggest? Yeah, that's the biggest one. I would say another one tying into COVID is that mix of in the office and at home, Mm -hmm. which cutting down that commuting time is really big for folks. And then I just wanted to add one other piece of tangible information as like recruiters, you're all looking at that initial phone screen with candidates is saying, you know, is there a specific subgroup of the population you'd like to talk Mm -hmm. to during the interview process? It's a really great way to say it is a fairly white community. Maybe you'd like to talk to one of the employees of color just to get a really candid Mm -hmm. view. So and so is a parent. They don't lead the team you're interviewing for, so they might just be able to have a casual conversation mm-hmm. with you. That might be valuable. I think again, lets them know like it's okay to talk about being a parent. Right. And more than that, I'm going to show you that like there are parents that are already doing this. You wouldn't be the mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great suggestion because it also just showcases again your talent brand that you want to provide a very authentic 
real picture of what your culture and your team is like and pulling back the curtain would do that. I'm curious for especially startups that don't have a big budget, don't have the best benefits that they're able to offer. Maybe they're not able to offer a more lengthy maternity leave because of the stage that they're at in their company growth and the resources that they have. What suggestions would you make to people leaders, folks in HR, on benefits teams, recruiters that don't cost a lot of money that might be really valuable resources for working moms that maybe they could start incorporating? Flexibility means a different thing to every person. And I really think flexibility is where you lean into. Sometimes that's working from home and reducing commute. Sometimes that's taking time off, knowing that there's a school holiday coming Mm. up, proactively providing those days off. Phased returns or part-time can be a really valuable tool there. But if you're not able to fully extend a leave, doing a ramped return Mm -hmm. and framing that out so that great for mom, she's able to come back from leave staggered and not be thrown into the fire right right away. But you're also able to get that productivity from the work side is a good Mm -hmm. balance. Leveraging paid family leave. So thinking right now in the COVID world, we've in California, that's a pretty strong thing. It's also pretty enacted in the U.S. now. I know a lot of a lot of companies aren't seeing their employees take it, and it really has to come from modeling at the top of those organizations, mm-hmm. showing that yes, it's important that you take the time to care for your family, and it's hard, but we're going to do it from the top. And the reason I put this in that cheaper section is because a lot of this is paid through policy. Mm -hmm. You have so many great tips to offer to make sure we're doing our absolute best to recruit and attract working moms and parents. Thanks so much for lending your insights there, Nikki. I have to totally switch gears though and ask you about one of my other favorite topics, which is risk-taking. And I talk a lot about this on the podcast because I think our relationship with risk as women is one that will help propel our careers and lives forward. The more comfortable we get taking risks, whether those are big or small, that's what can help propel you into something great. And I look at your career and your track record and what you've done as one, just incredible. You've gone off on your own, launched your own thing. I personally could understand and know how challenging, exciting it is and that it requires a great deal of faith and risk-taking to do something like that. So I'm curious, did you view it as a big risk to go off on your own and launch your own firm or was it just something that you inherently wanted to do? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I think I've always known that I had this entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. spirit and eventually I was hoping to run a company, but I didn't know when that was going to fall into play. And being at the first startup I was at, shoot, the leadership was really transparent. So I felt like I understood a lot of what was going on. There was a lot of chaos Mm -hmm. as well. So wore a lot of hats and learned everything on the job, which now as I'm redlining contracts for my business, I realized like, oh, I've done that before. <laughs> so with legal assistance, I was trained in a lot of these different ways. And then at Milkstork, working directly with Kate, the CEO and co-founder, was incredibly inspiring. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly you know, reminding her team that you see this opportunity and this thing that you want change. Sometimes you're the person that needs to make mm-hmm. that change. She did that. She started Milkstork while she was breastfeeding twins and had another wow. kid. So there's never... Never a good time, I guess, to have a kid. Never a good time to start a company. Yeah. We're discussing this during right. the pandemic. There's that. And you have to take that jump and know that you have enough of the skill set built and you just are ready to be open and learn really fast. 
I also want to point out that I'm in a pretty solid place of privilege financially yeah. that I was able to leave a strong sure. job and make that move, which not everyone is in. And I have really amazing family support who jump in at every turn. I think my dad opened my last noodle at our 40 Thanks, dad. So I know I have a lot of that amazing support. My mom is proofreading things for me. Uh, my uncle is involved, you yeah. know, so there's a, it's a full group effort. Of course, my husband is doing a lot of the work and taking my emotional burden while I run right. this company as well as stepping in a lot for my daughter. So I have a pretty amazing support system. So it didn't feel so risky. Mm-hmm. It felt more risky almost for me to try to stuff this idea and passion that I had mm-hmm. down. That's so interesting because that's how I felt about it for myself as well, that I would rather fail than not try it at all. Like how I would feel in 20 years and that to me felt like the bigger the bigger thing. So we have that in common. Totally. So Nikki, tell me, how can folks get in touch with you if they have follow-up questions on this subject, if they want to reach out for advice on how to build out their talent brand, make sure their brand's more attractive to working moms, how can they get in touch with you and learn more about Hustle Hunters? Yeah, awesome. My email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I at hustlehunters.com. Website is hustlehunters.com. And yeah, I'd love to connect, love to chat, obviously just nerd out a little bit about this subject as well as um, right now I'm hosting free audit sessions to look through messaging materials and job descriptions to make sure that they kind of have a caregiver lens applied to them. So definitely. That's great. Thanks so much, Nikki, for coming on. And that's a wrap. Tribe, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so that our tribe can keep growing. See you next episode.